0: Producer Doug here. I just want to talk about Pop Culture Classroom. They are the ones that put on Denver Comic Con, and we want to help support them so that we can keep bringing you all this amazing audio, such as panels and interviews, from Denver Comic Con. So let's get right into it. Pop Culture Classroom inspires a love of learning, increases literacy, celebrates diversity, and builds community through the tools of popular culture and the power of self-expression. They envision individuals transformed by the educational power of popular culture who create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities. They provide quality service to kids and communities, respect, inclusive, and diversity, uh, quality of opportunity, alternative approaches to education, and they recognize each person's intrinsic dignity and importance through open communication, responsibility, and honesty. Did I sound like I read that off the website? I absolutely did, because... Well, I did. I want to get everything right for them because they are fantastic. I recommend going to the website and donating, just to keep them going. This fantastic program, plus everything to do for the community, uh, literacy, respect, and of course, Denver Comic Con. So we can bring you all of this stellar guests and panels and Q and A's and interviews. So remember, go to popcultureclassroom.org, click on the donate, or just take a spin around their website and check it out. And now, on with the show.
1: Model, oh yeah. Uh, one of your early roles was on Mandalone Hocker deceased. Eight Wolves, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The first episode, I think. Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, which was a really no no of a 70s British yeah, show. Indeed, British. yeah. 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 Uh, any anecdotes about that? I mean they're, they're it's a very strange show for me. Yeah, they were,
2: they, they, they were very, it was interesting, they, they both reacted very differently to doing, uh, being in a, because they're stand-up comics. they comics, kind of wacky, I don't know, very yeah, surreal, or, yeah. Reeves and Mortimer here, they're quite surreal, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite surreal, quite out there stuff they do, um, and uh, Vic, or Jim, who was playing the ghost, was very sort of relaxed and kind of wacky and crazy, and, and Bob, who was playing the, the, uh, a live guy, was very concerned to get the acting right, so they were the very different, approaches to this show, but they were great, it was a great show. Yeah, were you, uh, was the, that wasn't your first meeting, you've you done some of the play. Oh, I've done Bates and Pieces. Yeah, Over yeah. yeah. the years, yeah. But that was a yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I remember
1: that you were, uh, you hosted the Humbus Cocks, which I wanted to discuss. I that. did. Uh, was that a show
2: that you had watched? I had watched it, yeah, but we, it was like, uh, I had, and then they started doing this thing of having a guest hosting every week. Right, after some repeat really or something. Yeah, and then they decided to do a Doctor Who special, so we had Catherine and Bernard Cribbins and Joe Wiley, who's a British DJ and big Doctor Who fan, and, uh, James, who
0: else was on there? Phil Jupiter. was Phil Jupiter! Phil
2: Jupiter's, Jupiter's yeah, on it every <laughs> week, <laughs> yeah. But it was great fun to do. Yeah. Might be a fan.
0: Because
2: <laughs> it's interesting to see you hosting the things yourself, so it's, it's kind, kind of like, like a nice Yeah, a, yeah. Of course it is, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really me, though, is it? Well, is it? It's a version. It's a version. <laughs> so then, the <like>, other thing I <laughs> want to ask was you're <laughs> in the 2005 Quater <laughs> Mass. <laughs> which is yes. one of my favorite things This is good, movie. this is like the most obscure bits of British TV out of Doctor They're here much teaching to the, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> the Dan audience. Yes. It's a transition. It's mostly available on DVD as yes, well. Yes, she did But it transitions <laughs> into Doctor Who because it, you, when you were in that, they hadn't announced it, we were the Doctor yet, and there's a clue in that. No, they announced it's it. it. Oh, oh, they That's they why, announced. Why I was in it. Okay. We were it was, a, it was a live TV broadcast, a live drama, sort of celebrating how TV used to be. So mm-hmm. they did the Equator Mass Experiment, which was on the BBC in 1950, Pure mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and they, they, they did it live back in the day, uh, and so as a sort of way of celebrating the BBC and things they've done in the past, we did a live version of the Equator Mass Experiment, which was an early sci-fi thing. It was in many ways a precursor to, to Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Um, and, uh, Mark Gatiss was in it, who Doctor Who fans were, <laughs> and the uh, and uh, uh, he's a big fan of uh, Nigel Neal, who, who, uh, who wrote a massive kind of, So we were all there, kind of, very much enjoying being a sort of recreation of this British sci-fi classic, and I knew that Doctor Who was happening by then, but it was top secret. And sort of halfway through our rehearsals, before this live broadcast, it got announced, or it leaked, I can't remember, um, which was... Uh, which was kind of weird because I was playing a doctor in it. In a sense. A more traditional doctor, uh, perhaps, than the time-long <laughs> version. But uh, 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 Jason Fleming, who played Professor Quatermass, was so excited by this piece of information that on the live broadcast, he was supposed to say, Nice to see you back here, Gordon. And he said, I'm going to be the first person to call you doctor on television.
1: <laughs> so he changed
2: the line for the live broadcast. Nice to see you back here, doctor. And then, of course, we had to not laugh, because <laughs> of the film. What a cruel thing to do. Yeah, happen. yeah. <laughs> but as you are a lifelong Doctor Who fan, you been watching I've been watching it as long as I can remember, so yes.
1: were
2: there things that? Yeah. yeah. If my three-year-old self had known that would get him a round of applause. <laughs> like me, from watching a TV show. And Peter David. Was was your doctor? No. Initially, it was Tom Baker because I was born in 17- 71. <laughs> I was born in 71, so I was uh, 3 when Tom Baker took over. So I lived, grew up through his time, had posters on my wall, went to meet him, get my poster signed, uh, did all that. Um, uh, and then he took over while I was about 10, was that 81? one Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Um, so I was still very much, I was still absolutely my show. So He became, you know, the, the, this uh, idol. And uh, that's a weird quirk of fate as well. <laughs> 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 uh, he's still my like idol, but in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, so, so, yes, Tom Baker, it was one of the two that I was absolutely obsessed with, yeah. You were first on set sort of playing
1: the doctor because you were coming from a... So as a fan and as an actor, were there things where you're like, oh, that's, that's not the doctor. <laughs> we kind
2: of like, oh, I don't if I do that. Um, I don't know. Well, nobody's it was written by Russell T Davis. Yeah. So right. uh, he was safer than uh, that character uh, uh, as bitterly as anyone was, uh, and with well, as much kind of love and devotion to that that character as anyone could. So uh, I, I never really had to do that. Uh, in many ways, I I I, I I I mean, I didn't have to do a lot of research. I kind of knew what the deal was, I knew what I was coming into. So I always felt like I knew what that character should be. I didn't know that if I would, you know, the, 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 the aspiration is not to break it, to be able to do a version of this character that people will uh, connect to and, and, and enjoy. And uh, it's, that, it's that sense of responsibility. It's thrilling it, to get to do something that you've loved that much, to be part of something like that, uh, to get your own TARDIS. To, to do all that is bonkers, and, but wonderful, um, especially when the scripts are that good as well. Um, so it was a wonderful, wonderful kind of mind blowing experience, but then, uh, um, then you get into the nervousness about the responsibility you have, and the about way the culture of the yeah, and about not wanting to break it, about wanting to be able to hand it over in, in good health. Because, uh, you know, the season series had just come back, nobody knew if anyone was going to care. It had been off for a long time, there was nothing like it on TV, there were no precedents, there was every reason why it would get no clothes and disappear again. Um, And that didn't happen, and it won prizes, and it was lauded and celebrated and everything. Not only is this the show that I've got in my life, not only really do I have the responsibility to, to my own kind of eight-year-old self, I also have the responsibility to this new generation of eight-year-olds who've fallen in love with this show, and now we're changing it all after season one, and they have to kind of accept that and get on board again, and so uh, the run-up to those episodes coming on was, uh, it, I, I did get quite stressed at the, at the, the pressure, at the sense of responsibility. Yeah, because you knew it was good because you made it, but you didn't know. I was cool. confident that everyone else was doing their job very well. Yes. <laughs> uh, you just way so, so that's even worse because you think, well, they're all definitely getting it right, so I better get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But then you're, in addition to being in the show, you're also
2: the face of an empire of merchandising now, and so you're yeah. seeing action figures of yourself, and you're seeing it on... That's weird. That it is. that's weird. that is weird. No, when you first get presented with the action figure version of yourself, it's it's a weird it tickles a weird part of your ego. <laughs> I don't know how healthy it is. <laughs> uh, but it's great idea. <laughs> um and then because of what you is, it's just keeps going. You know, there's still every you now and again I'll still get you reimproof this image but yada yada I don't know, uh, and some other version of you. is it keeps going, sort of forever, and it's um, it's one of those things, I guess. Yeah. so you think there's very few roles that have that kind of attachment? Very, very few. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be strange. Do you do you have the things? I have something. For a while, they very religiously send you a one of everything, which I think was I I think was a sort of contractual obligation. You are to get one of everything, and after a while, there's so much stuff coming out. There's candy cutters underpants and <laughs> colouring books and sticker sets and um, a plastic figure of you with a different tie and a plastic figure, oh, now you different shoes, that's So for a while they would send you one of everything and start- the boxes just started piling up. And then they started going, he doesn't need one of everything. So they stopped coming through with quite some regularity, which is probably just as well. Yeah. There's only so much loft space one has, yeah. I mean, <laughs> in the case small books? It is, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> So let's turn to the audience. We have some questions in the crowd. Where are we? Where uh, are we? In the back? Where are we? No. Are you running my mic? Yeah, we have okay. a mic. Sorry. Uh, oh, yes. Here.
1: Okay. Right here. Yes. Okay. We're doing yoga to make him ask the questions. Nice.
2: Sofa's at least this comfortable, slightly more comfortable. (laughs) Food stools in the shape of (laughs) canine. or so their own private members' club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people oh, especially yeah. wouldn't be attending, yeah. uh, unfortunately. So, yeah. Oh, no, I suppose there's more, because we could, yeah, David Bradley, he can come. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Do it for the future. Yeah. This isn't narcissistic at all. No, <laughs> no, <at all. laughs> I want passive figures of me at my own club. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Or yes and no. Hi, first of all, you're amazing. Oh, thank, thank you. you. You're definitely new. In yeah. <laughs> that shirt you are, a man. That is a great shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it does tie into the red. Did yeah. you think about it? I did You did? I bought this at
1: uh, Rock Mountain Ridgeway at the school. That sounded like a
2: What's my best part? <laughs> what
1: oh are you most man. proud
2: of? Yeah. It's like, uh, I I'm going to I'll go let go it go decide. Go. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I, don't, I really don't know. I really don't know. I feel like it would almost be uh, uh, immodest to suggest an answer to that question. I mean, You see, that's how bad Presbyterian guilt is. <laughs> <laughs> but in some in to liking anything about yourself, you'll be punished for it. Yes. <laughs> you What's your What do you think is best for Yes. Yeah. I really like Jessica Jones. I'll take
1: that. <laughs> of course you're playing <laughs> I <Jessica. I'm right. laughs> Yeah. But uh, you don't to be so villainous? which...
2: Is to try and unlock why people do monstrous things, not to sympathise with them and not to uh, ever uh, let them off the hook, but to sort of unlock what that psychology is so that uh, you can understand them as a human being, so that however monstrous they are, so that they, they are the worst, the man at the border taking children away from their parents. And- So inhuman. How does the person who does that? Where is their humanity? How do you justify that? How do you, you justify that? I, 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 obviously, objectively, uh, I, I can't. But if I were to play the part, that's what you have to. That's how you have to approach it. You have to go. Why is this person thinking that's okay to do it? Is it because they're frightened of their boss? Is it because they need this job more than they need their humanity? Is it? Is it because you know? And that's. Exactly, so that you stop seeing them as a villain and you start seeing them as somebody who's working through some issues. Yeah, I imagine it's hard to play a character that you would hate him as most of them because you have to embody them as well, yeah. so yeah. It's, uh, it must be difficult. Um, another question? For... And then... There's a chap with a hat who's standing up very well. high. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, he's he's a very sort of normal decent bloke trying to make the best of a very difficult life. Uh, so he's he's something of a hero on a very small scale, I suppose, a very domestic scale. But well, um, you know, each character each character has an amount of a hero and an amount of villain in them. It's just it's the cocktail, isn't it? Are there any actors that you've had to act opposite that you were
1: completely just starstruck by, or even from a level of, to your point earlier with the doctor, where we like all oh, these people are really good? Really, this person's so good. I am
0: really intimidated having to sort of the opposite of them. I think
2: usually when someone's so good it just makes you go, Oh, this is fun you know <laughs> uh, and, and it makes you kinda of go, Right, I can't I can't drop the, I can't drop a beat here, yeah, I've gotta be honest. And that's thrilling actually. And um, so it's great working with people that you really admire. I have been mean, Starstruck, you funny you get quite immune to it. Not because it, but it's but then now and again you'll meet someone who Chimes with something usually from your childhood, I guess. The last time, it was Julie Andrews, did you just say? I did, I met Julie Andrews, at had an awards to, that was exciting. Just because she's Julie Andrews. Andrews. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Billy Conley was the last person, I read. Yeah, I don't know, because I haven't seen it, but Dr McKinnon's a great director, and did a great job, and Neil Gaiman was there just about every day, and Michael Sheen is about as perfect casting for a zero-fail as it's possible to imagine, and then we've got amazing people like Michael McKean and Miranda Richardson, and uh, uh, but they're still filming. I got a message from someone the other day, I think from might see who it is? Oh, i will just going to tell you. I got a message other day saying, just done the day, he's filming on Good Omens, and so I'm to be part. they're still filming, I finished six months ago! That's all they're doing! I mean, i not saying it is, it? but that's something quite exciting, someone who uh, I work with, a doctor who's done a day, and, and, uh, uh, and you think, that's, actually, uh, uh, so it's massive. I don't know, I, I don't know what it's going to be, there's so much to go into post-production, but the base of it all is, that Neil Gaiman adapted the script from his novel, and he was the jeweller who was there today, and and Douglas, our director, who you will know from Doctor who, who, did lots of Doctor Who's um, uh, was absolutely on the tone of it right, and uh, and mate, she's great. It's, yeah, it's a bit like Doctor Who. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, everyone else did their job really well, so if it's not any good, it will be my fault. <laughs> 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 a lot more like me. you can point to that. over here it is. But if you're filming one of us the other one would mime it so that the sounds didn't overlap so that when they edited it they could they could piece it together so on, on leslie's shot she'd do the lines on my shot i'd do the lines of the other person miming, trying not to laugh <laughs> uh, you know uh, uh, so uh, it, it, it's um uh, yeah it, 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 it's it, it, was, it wasn't It take get longer. In fact, I think it was actually slightly shorter than we usually had to shoot an episode, but it was quite intense because yeah. it was all in that room. I believe mean, someone did it as a play. Huh. Uh, in some small theatre somewhere, someone did Midnight for play. I didn't see it, but I bet it was fun. <laughs>
1: Were you the kind of actor who takes mementos from things you've done? Like, did you take anything from Doctor
2: Who? I got given some stuff from Doctor Who, which uh, I was very uh, delighted to receive. So, I have a little case which has a sonic and a, and a, a stethoscope and a little um, psychic paper in it. Um, and I've got costumes <laughs> and stuff. And, uh, and other bits and pieces. But, after well, that's the thing, because Doctor Who generates so much stuff, like all the plastic figures and the magazines, and then after a well while, you have to kind of go <laughs> <in> the <park. laughs> because there's only so much you can keep, you know, and, and uh, because it's you not know, who am I keeping you for. So, it's important point, you think, What am I keeping this for? Just for my kids to throw away when I'm Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't care, yeah. they're never interested in other parents, too. So, uh, and, and, yeah, a few little bits and pieces, just let's but I try and keep them selective. Yeah, yeah. quality, man. quality. Yes, we're over here. Yeah. You know, I get asked this a lot and I don't really have an answer, is the <laughs> truth of it. What was your least favourite? <laughs> I, mean, well, I one I mean, up. It's hard, it does feel like you're... Because every episode of Filtering was so different to shoot, because apart from myself and Billy Freemont-Cath, whoever was around at the time, uh, you know, you were, you, there was a sort of revolving door of people, so it was never, you were never going to work with the same cast every day, uh, so it, it was it felt different. You were never going to the same sets every day. One day it was Ancient Rome and the next day it was... Uh, the year of the and so it was, uh, it always felt like a different experience. So to choose between them feels a bit wrong, it feels a little bit like choosing between children, and I, I try not to do that. So, <laughs> uh, you, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one. I suppose one of the ones that we had the nicest time on was uh, The Storm and Earth, the 2 parts there, because everyone came back and hung out, so it was just being on set with all your mates, mm-hmm. uh, so that was that was a. One that I remember particularly fondly, so maybe, maybe that one, but all of them were, were special and quite unique. <coughs> it's, it's like funny. making a movie every week on yeah, the same character. character. It's a different movie. Well, exactly, yeah, and, and it, was a, it was a very rare job in so many ways, and that was, that was one of them. Because other shows, you know, you're, you're, you tend to return to the same sets, and you, it's difficult to tell whether you're in episode 4 or episode 5, you know. But, but with Doctor Who, you always knew that each, each show was, was its own entity. <coughs> yes, sure.
1: Hi. Hi, I'm, I'm Leon, and my question for you is, what did you like about being Dr. Who?
2: What's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> great. You get to be, you get to be the cleverest guy in the room. You get all the best lines written for you by the cleverest guy in the room. <laughs> um, you get to be, a hero who's, as the gentleman in the lovely hat said, you get a hero who's a hero because he's bright, and because he's smart, and because he's more than just, um, uh, he doesn't revert to violence, and he he comes at things from an unusual angle, and uh, you're the hero, but you're not kind of straightforward hero, you're quirky and unusual, and uh, he's just a great character. He's got sort of everything going on. And you get to be happy and sad and energetic, destroyed as an actor you get to play every different tune. It's um it's a great great part of it's not really anything that compares. Um it was I I and I left off I thought nothing will be like this ever again and that's true. It's not that I haven't had great experiences elsewhere, well, but there's something unique about it. and, uh, and that's shown by the fact that people love us so Like I did, like I continue to. It's one of those shows that you to know something about this that I don't just like it, I properly love it. So <laughs> Because again, for those things that that, that gentleman said, it, it's it, it's it, it, you know, the doctor's a good guy for all the right reasons, and that he's one of those people you think, What would the doctor do? because
1: he'd probably get it right, and that's lovely. Right. Oh. It. It's also one of those shows that families can watch together in the day and age, yeah, everything's so microcasted, exactly. People watch the genre, it, yeah, it appeals to everybody, yeah, yeah yeah. To everybody. yeah, yeah, is exactly. that up in the back, there. yep, hey, so.
2: It's good because you come with your own light source. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) exactly where you are. Thank you. sort of takes you somewhere and then they, hopefully ideally the character sort of emerges uh, and you're not thinking too specifically moment to moment hopefully it just becomes a sort of joined up thing so some characters I guess will overlap and uh, uh, you know an accents change how you are and how you phrase things and how you say things and uh, um, so I don't I don't really not, not consciously uh, I think would be a short answer to your question.
1: Do you feel a sense of relief when you are doing a character who has a Scottish
2: accent? Is it something like, one less thing to worry about? kind of yes, no, really. I, I, don't, I, I like doing accents. I like I like that it makes you feel like a different person. Whereas at the same time, if, if I'm not doing an accent, I'm doing my own accent, it's one less thing to think about. So you, you, there are advantages to both, actually. Uh, but even like, in something like Old Church, it's not really my version of a Scottish accent. It's a, you sat in me, so sort of on a lower register is a bit. He's, uh, he, his accent is slightly broader than mine. Yes, which more really last week? Yes, which means more people watch it with the subtitles on. Hands up, fingers up, everything. Oh, that's it. They hack every word, every rough, scotch word. Do you ever get stuck in an accent? A lot of people I know act in their non natural accent. Sometimes they'll get kind of stuck in an accent. It can be quite helpful too. Like, I'm, I'm doing an American accent at the moment, and it can be quite helpful to not necessarily slip in it. I'm not doing an American, American right accent. Right. <laughs> some people do that, but I seem dabble with that, I never really fully commit to it, because, again, I'm Scottish, and easily embarrassed. <laughs> um, but uh, you think you do a bit of that. But I think when you go home at night, you reverse to yourself, I think. That's what I should. Uh, so we're talking about the two so more. What's your Hogwarts to house? What's my Hogwarts
1: house, someone
2: just shouted. I, well, I mean, I played a bag, so I'm in Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. was just struggling through some issues. Yeah. <laughs> I have to keep saying that, I'm trying to make sense of these guys at the point. No, no. okay. uh, yes? So my question was about voice acting, so great reading. Um, I my kids absolutely adore
1: the How to Train Your Dragon book.
2: Because you have to sort of, you to, obviously you have to read it and then you have to figure out how many characters are and where they all might be and how they might sit in your voice, because you don't get a lot of time to do audiobooks, you just sort of, they, they, they record them, ideally in a day or two days if it's a long book, uh, and you just sort of sit down and start reading it until you finish, so you have to sort of be on top, or I had to, probably people who are more able than I, could, but I had to get my felt pens out and go, oh that person's got that character yeah, yeah, and sort of work it a bit before, so you kind of, you know, you, you read the scripts, obviously, but then you're kind of doing it with other people, and you're doing your lines, so just, they are just different. Um, and I like the variety. I, I'm very greedy for the variety, so um, uh, I, I wouldn't say I prefer one. I like, it, I like that I get to know more. Fantastic it, so thank, you. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I'll back. I'll back. Um, In the name of the whole pop culture classroom, uh, which educator made the most impact on your life? dramas we did that too. Uh, and you, you, you pick things up, and you move on, and you you sift things through, and it's hard to sort of um, analyse them after the event. You know, to know what influence various people have had in your... and then friends. You know, friendship who, who, who just by by being the people they are sort of influence you, and change you, and, uh, uh, and make you a better person. So yeah, so many, and it's ongoing. I think it's all it's always hopefully, ideally. It's a, every day's a skill day. That's, uh, <laughs> one more. Uh, yes. Well, uh, hello. Um, Hi. I was wondering, uh, in that narrative there's this one bit, well, multiple bits actually. We're throwing phones out the window of the Maserati.
1: Yeah, yeah. How did they film that?
2: I threw folders <laughs> out of the window of the Maserati. <laughs> Production systems would have to run down the streets of Wolverine Oregon and try and retrieve as many yeah. as they could. <laughs> <laughs> but it was as basic as that. Yeah. totally basic. I mean, the streets are closed, I think, but we ran, we ran into <laughs> a dream in life. Maybe one more then. Yeah. Where? Where? Where's the mic
1: Okay. Okay. go for it. Favourite
2: genre of book series? Or just a book series that you can read? Um, um oh. Do you read a lot you? I don't read as much as I would like to. Um, I find that um, being busy and then having children, you sort of, it slips down the priority list. Uh, but I enjoy when I do. I also quite like it when my agent goes, so the development developing this book, you need to read about. Oh great, I need to read a book. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, when I think up a book it takes to be, I have a friend who said, oh, I'll bought you another um, uh, boring mystery book about a dead person. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't quite like that. You know, it This not have to be dead. Uh, but I, yeah, I do, I, I, sort of like, I like biographies. I like, I like feeling like I'm improving myself. Um, I've been reading about um, uh, gene pools and evolution events, trying to get my head around that, which is all uh, so fascinating. Wow, the world is clever, by the way. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, sort on um, fiction kind of stuff. I guess it tends to be non-fiction, unless I, if, I, if someone, if I have a reason to read a fiction book, I always really enjoy it. But there's, again, it's going back to my slightly pyrotonic side, if, I've got, if I choose a book myself, again, I'll, I'll, I'll look for something that I feel might approve me. Well,
1: thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and no applause, just the clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.
1: Oh, yeah.